Miked Up Fools, a podcast about teen artists run by a teen artist. My name is Lenny Dadian, and I can't wait for you, the listener, to enjoy and explore the growing population of teen artists and self-producing teen artists in New York City. So let's get started. My first guest is, her name's Sahar. She's from Brooklyn, New York. Welcome, Sahar. Um, I'm really excited to have you on today, uh, especially because... Your musical presence is just contagious. I mean, when I first first heard you at the school dance in, like, my sophomore year, um, I knew that you definitely sang more than just covers. I was like, this chick has to do way more, like, too creative for this. Um, so when you, you know, came out with your first song on SoundCloud, um, Affirmation, I just, I fell in love. It was, it's only two minutes, literally, like, two verses or two stanzas, whatever you want to call it. And yet it just satisfies the listener, but also, you know, wants them asking for more at the same time. So um, what exactly is the message that you want to get across with this song? Well, when I first wrote this song, I I started off with the bass line because I just got a new bass. I was just really excited to get to using it. I have the Dan Electro Longhorn. It's a short scale bass, which is easier on me because I started out on guitar, so the frets are closer together. Um, so when I started coming up with the lyrics, um, you know, I was just thinking about how, like, I, I'm a person who really needs a lot of reassurance. Like, I constantly need somebody to be telling me, like, oh, you're doing fine, you're doing okay, because... I'm always doubting myself. I'm always in my head about everything. And I just thought, you know, these are some relatable lyrics that I feel like could touch a larger audience. Um, My main goal with the song was to have, like, a driving, funky bass, but not something that you'd really pay attention to. I really wanted it to be, like, a background noise kind of song that you could play, like, while you're studying that's why it's so short and sweet and, like, repetitive. Yeah, no, I mean, there are a bunch of songs that I'm absolutely obsessed with that, like, you know, follow the same structure. But I find it kind of interesting because in the very be- like the first verse, you're kind of, like, asking for um, reassurance, right? But then in the second verse, you kind of um, talk about how good men are, like, patient and, you know, they need to, like, be complacent and it's more of like this matriarchal feel that I am absolutely in love with so what exactly there's like a transition between like oh my gosh please and then to like nah hell yeah like I can do this on my own like no 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 I feel like it turns into more of a comfortability in a place of like control rather um, a stable area um because right now I am in a relationship. I'm in a very happy relationship. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, it was just like, it's so new. It's so confusing. And, like, you're trying to figure everything out. And then once you're in, like, the groove of things, it's more like, oh, I know what I want. And I know what I need you to do. And it flows a lot smoother when you give the other, when you give your partner a roadmap. Right, yeah, no, I mean, that I, I really do, do love the lyrics. Very simple. Just, you know, segueing away from your song specifically. I mean, we can still talk about the song, but more about the more about producing it. What exactly was going through your mind when you decided to 
not just, you know, produce the song, create the lyrics. I mean, so many artists write their own songs, show it to friends, but not many actually release it onto, like, official platforms. So what was, you know, your thought process process of being like, hey, let me just decide to actually release this and make this make this career a little bit more official? Well, I wrote the song in five hours. Like, I produced it, I wrote it, I did every part of it in five hours. And, um, you know, this wasn't the first song that I produced. I did produce a cover on SoundCloud that you probably already heard. It was the, do you, do you want to know a secret by the Beatles? Um, and I just really wanted to experiment with sounds. It was just like, I know it's not the best song in the world, the, the song, my original, but I'm very proud and satisfied with the outcome of it, considering the fact that you know, the guitar solo that I wrote, I'm more so a rhythm guitarist. That's what I was playing during the school dance. I was a rhythm guitarist during that. Um, but, you know, I was like, you know, I really wanted to spice it up with a guitar solo. And I kind of shredded on it a little bit. It's a little awkward, but like, you know, you can grasp it. You can jive with it. And um, honestly, I wanted to put it on SoundCloud so I could almost take accountability <laughs> for producing more and practicing more. You know, if I start showing it to more people, then I'm going to have a reason to keep giving them more things rather than if I keep it to myself in my arsenal. Um, I don't really have to keep going at it. I could just leave it there and let it collect dust. Yeah. Um you know, I would say, like, as teenagers, especially, like, juniors and seniors, I think we're always conflicted on, like, especially teen musicians, we're always conflicted. Do we actually want to pursue a music career? Like, is it, you know, is it a possible thing in our future? Or is it more of a hobby thing that we're just really, really, really darn passionate about? Um, so what do you think? Do you see music in your future? Honestly, I'm going to keep at it just because who knows where it's going to go. Like, what if a big, rich, famous person's like, oh, my God, I'm just going to retweet this right now for no reason. You know, there's always like really miraculous things that happen. Um, but, you know, I do have other plans. I feel like most teen artists have other plans. And if they don't, well, well that's fine by them. But, you know, I, I need a little bit more <laughs> like like a parachute, you know. So my other plans outside of music, um, I would love to open up a hair salon and open up a hair salon and like work in one, just be a hairdresser because I cut my own hair. I started cutting my own hair um, over quarantine, but I've been cutting my own bangs for like a long time. Um, but like I did my first like chop in April um, and I just, I fell in love with it. And I, I think I did a pretty you did. good job. I remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did like a blunt bob and then that grew out so then I did like a shaggy um mullety type of vibe because I, that's coming back in style and I'm really happy about that um and my next goal is to to keep the layers just grow them out and then I want to get highlights in the future but you know I've I've always wanted to work in a place where the people are like your customers rather the people that you're serving are excited to be there because I've had um, a lot of other experience working. I've, I was a paid intern at a law office for a time, and 
I asked all the lawyers, I was like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about being a lawyer in the future. Like, you know, what are some of your tips when you're pursuing the field? And they all said, don't do it because <laughs> they're all sad. I know. I remember. I'm, no, I mean, I, I was also doing like a similar like law team. I mean, th- some of these like lawyers are like super charismatic people, but the thing is, is like one girl, I swear to God, she or one woman, she is like she's thirty something, all gray hairs, stressed all the time. I feel so bad for her, and they can put on, they can like switch on and off with their emotions because they're like that in the courtroom when litigating, and I'm just like, and I had the same you know thing as you, where I'm like, is this something that I really want to do, like. And I think a lot of teen musicians are like, do I, am I, do I really have to choose between this and this? Like, can't I kind of do both at the same time? There's time for a lot of things. Like, I wanted to be a music teacher. That's what I'm going to go to college for. Um, Because, you know, that's a stable day job. (laughs) And if your day job can fund the night job, then that's even better. Because then it's just more income that can, that I can funnel back into my production, that I can make higher um, quality because I'm a control freak. I feel like a lot of us are all, a lot of creative people are control freaks. I don't want to give my money back to the studio. (laughs) I'd rather just build my own and work in it. And honestly, I kind of love the fact that my resources are so limited. It's really weird. Like I, I work off of, off of GarageBand on my MacBook. I used to work on my phone and I created some pretty good beats on it. If I like, you know, it's like really good. And then uh, I used the Scarlet Focusrite Studio setup, um, and it's like a it's a budget setup, but it works really well. Um, I do recommend it to any other broke teenage artists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, investing in like a few things is always worthwhile. Um, you know, I remember I you know recently got started on like actually officially doing things, but I always talk to other like teen artists. And they had pretty limited resources, but they, like you, also enjoyed the process of just producing on their own, the isolation, and also just being comfortable with making mistakes, Um, you know, on your own. Like, you record 20 million things, and all of them can sound really bad. Like, one note is just, like, really out of tune or whatever, and you're like, I need to do that again, I need to do that again, and you would never do that with a group of people, so the self-producing aspect, um, do you usually do that in your room? Like, what do you think is the best environment for you? Well, I've only ever produced in my room. Um, I've been offered to record in studios, like, with other people that I talk to, Um, and, you know, I've always said yes, but, you know, musicians are flaky, like, they can't make plans for anything, And it's so annoying because I've always wanted to be in a band. And then, you know, over quarantine, I was just like, why am I going to wait to be in a band when I can practice my own skills? So, you know, if in the event I do end up going to join a band, I'll be even stronger. Yeah. But, Uh, yeah, it was just No, I totally (laughs) feel you. And speaking about difficulties of just, you know, being a teen artist in general, what do you what were you, what do you think were the most difficult things about producing? So I find that I finish songs most of the time in one go. Like I can't do it in bursts. I have to like focus. Like once I get like the first melody line in my head, I have to sit there and focus on it. Otherwise I'll lose it and then I'll have to aban- abandon the whole entire thing. 
Like, I have so many cool, like, voice memos on my phone, but, like, I can't go back to it because I'm not in that state of mind anymore, and it's really sad. Um, I find that I'm the most productive when the lights in my room are off, which is really weird because then I have, like, just the computer glare, and I'm, like, hyper-focused in on it. And that's with, like, everything. That's even with schoolwork. Um, yeah, just having, like, that hyper-focused, like, yeah, tunnel vision. Yeah, you're just, vision. like, in a little cave of darkness. Yeah, and my mom always thinks that I'm, like, sleeping. So she'll, like, knock on the door, ruin a take, and then, like, come in. She's like, are you okay? Do you need water? I totally feel that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. Tons of takes have been ruined. Because I can, one time, I heard, like, crickets chirping in the background, which can be nice for certain aesthetics. Um, or, like, you'll hear family members, you know, playing movies and TV shows in the next room. Um, but speaking about also the creative process, um, how do you write lyrics? What are you, like, and you were saying how each song is a different vibe for you. How do you get into that state of mind? Yeah. Um, why is it a different vibe, do you think? Well, it really depends on what, like, where it first starts. Like, when I was going to school, most of my creative ideas would happen on the walk to school because I'd get up really early. I'm a morning person. I would wake up at 5 a.m., and then I would be out of my house by 5.30, and I would walk to school. I'd get to school by 6 a.m., but during that whole entire 45-minute grace period of just walking in complete, empty, dead Brooklyn, that's when, like, the most, like, ideas would start churning, <laughs> and then I'd go through the school day not being able to record anything because you're at school, and then I'd lose it, and so... That was really annoying, but I there was this one time, this was during quarantine, and my friends were just, we were talking about how sad and monotonous, like, capitalism makes our lives, um, and a lot of them have been, like, relating over the fact, like, oh, they want to live in a car, they want to go drive and just be a nomad and go experience life for what it is, instead of being, like, chained down to everything, and, like, I, I wrote a song based on that. Um, I didn't record it or upload it yet. I, it's only acoustic right now. But I feel like that's probably going to be the next project that I produce. Um, and I'm really psyched for it because the lyrics, <laughs> I'm telling you, Eleni, they are, like, 30 times deeper oh, than that's the last awesome. one. Yeah, the progression um, between each song especially with teen artists because like you're kind of like in this like exponential rise um when you're improving I listened to my one of my first songs that I like actually like produced on my own in quarantine and then like the most recent one that I'm like currently working on I'm like holy crap first one sounds like absolute like it's terrible like the I could hear myself like breathing I could hear a little like you know the microphone like shuffling and I'm like why didn't I cut that out? Like, are you insane? And it was just like all these little things like, you know, um, that you can really see the improvement. So yeah, like with your uh, new song, it's really nice to actually see that difference. Um, but now that we're in quarantine, do you think that your song ideas are still flowing? You're not able to go on those walks to school anymore. Is it the same? Is it different? Have you like tapped into a new potential or is it actually just terrible in terms of creativeness I'm gonna be honest with you over quarantine 
there were months that I didn't touch my guitar at all. Like, and I know that sounds crazy for some people, but um, I do struggle with depression clinically. And, you know, it's not a sadness. It's just a complete, utter lack of, like, you're not real anymore. <laughs> and it's like, um, it made me take 10 steps back in terms of my skills on guitar. Um, so I've kind of had to teach myself again and work back at it whenever I pick it up. And it's frustrating. It, it always makes me want to give up. But I feel like one of the biggest things that motivates me now is the fact that I spent so much money on it. <laughs> Money's so a good like motivating factor. Now, it's a waste of thousands. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Because I save up for all of this myself. I don't make my mom or my dad buy any of this for me because it's like, it's not a necessity, you know. My mom and dad, they can, they only paid for my first guitar. But my others, I either paid for myself or I got for free. I'm very, like, I don't want to waste anything. I have to use everything. And it hurts that there are some months that it picks up dust. Um, my creative process, it has been spurred by mainly conversations that I have with people. Um... Yeah, I spend a lot of time sleeping. Sometimes I write <laughs> based off of dreams and stuff. Yeah, I was which is gonna really ask fun. you because I had, there was this one, um, you know, guitar uh, chord progression thing that I was listening to. It's absolutely gorgeous, um, <clears throat> and I want to say it was from Lil Screen. And she had this like whole interview, and the interviewer was like, "So, like, how'd you think of it?" She was like, "In a dream." I was like, "Oh, you got." me like no way like someone has to tell me because I've never experienced that so when you get when you have these dreams and you like transfer the your thoughts and your mind onto paper how exactly like does that work for someone who just does not dream about those things I have very vivid dreams sometimes I have like prophetic dreams where like I'll predict like parts of people's lives that like nobody has like told me about like uh, there was one time I had a dream about my therapist and she had a boyfriend and her boyfriend had a daughter, but it wasn't her daughter. And she was playing with his daughter and his grandfather was there. And so was his dad. And they were all like having a family like dinner or whatever. And I told her about it and she was like, that is my life right now. And I'm like, I don't know anything about my therapist's life. It, it just happens. And it's really weird. And I don't control it. It controls that's, me. That's <laughs> insane. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, artist inspirations. I feel like the standard question when interviewing musicians is, who's your inspiration? Like, um, but specifically, like, music. I, I want to be Prince. I want to be D'Angelo. Um, I want to be Otis Rush. Uh, <laughs> I want to be Janis Joplin. I want to scream like her so bad, but I don't smoke cigarettes like that. And it's like, damn it, maybe I should. No, don't. You guys, don't don't smoke cigarettes. But Jesus, she roars like a lion, and I crave that power. Um, there's so many people that influ influence me. Um, specifically on affirmation, the artists that I looked to were gorillas and the Arctic monkeys. Yep. You could hear them a little Especially bit. Especially that intro. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just really love, like, the early 90s, 2000s vibes. I love the 80s. 
Um, lately, I've been listening to a lot of Taco. Taco is really slept on. You know, the guy who's saying put it on the, put it on the Ritz? His whole entire discography goes so oh, hard. Because like, he, he basically sings a bunch of American jazz standards, but he puts like an 80s synth pop twist on it. And I love synthesizer. I feel like synth bass lines, oh, they hit so hard. I love the fact that The Weeknd does that all the time. The synth bass lines hit so different. Another, okay, I love Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey is one of like my core inspirations just because he produces on his phone. He does everything with limited resources like I do. And it really, like, I feel that to a core level. It's really inspiring. And it, the fact that he can produce like tracks for Kendrick Lamar on his phone and make it sound that crispy, it's so nice. I also really love Thundercat. I listened to his entire discography. Thundercat's so good. Childish Gambino. Have you listened to his new I album? Haven't. It's so oh crazy. You have to. That's your homework. <laughs> I will definitely take you up on that. No, I mean, um, I think a big misconception is that, like, I don't know, I've always, I mean, people like to keep themselves in boxes in terms of listening to specific music, like, like, oh, I create this certain genre, so let me just listen to specific stuff like that. Do you listen to any genres that are just so out of the box, that, like, don't even have any connection with your music, and yet you just connect with it a lot? I love Tool. Um, Tool is new metal. Um, they're known for their bass lines. I have a soft spot for really strong driving bass lines. Um, that's why I also really love funk. I really, oh, I love Funkadelic. Um, I listen to everything. I have really old music in my Spotify, not like 1940s, but like I have stuff from like 1936 and like really, really old stuff. Um, show tunes are so good. I love classical music. Uh, I listen to a lot of Chopin, just like cleaning. <laughs> he sends you off into the stars. Um, I think I think people really like actually just overlook classical. They just think it's like something that's played in like these large houses with booming classical music. No, like play it any time. And people are like, oh, listen to classical because like I can focus better. Are you kidding me? I'd be singing along with it. It makes <laughs> you feel. Yes. It makes you, like, it almost describes emotions better than words do sometimes. And it's really nice. Like, there are, like, some phrases in... I'll actually show you my favorite Chopin piece, wait. Etudes op, op 25. Op. Yeah, opus? opus. I think it's yeah, yeah, short opus. for opus. Yeah, opus 25, etude in A flat. It's so good. I also wanted to ask you, I mean, this is, I feel like, one of the biggest or most general questions, so take it as any way you want. When did you think music became an essential for you? When did it become, oh, yeah, I listen to music in the car, or, like, I'm an avid music listener or whatever, to I actually, like, really am passionate about this, and I'm going to make it my own, whether it's covers, originals, releasing stuff working with others, when did it really become kind of a crutch, almost? 
Ever since I was little, I would always write songs. Like I had like a toy guitar that I would just like mess around with. I'm pretty sure there's like videotapes of me that my mom has. I'm not sure if she has them or not, but I would always be messing around. And I was always really curious with like, you know, when you take like the kitchen pots and pans and like two pencils on the floor and you just make a mess of things. I feel like I was always curious about like playing with sound and just being obnoxious <laughs> um and that was the keyboard that was in my old house and that was the first instrument I was teaching myself on I at the time I don't know how old I was but it was like Adele was playing on the radio all the time and I taught myself how to play hello <laughs> And I was also like writing on it and, but yeah, I, I feel like it's always been an integral part of my life. The school district that I used to be a part of, um, I didn't grow up in Brooklyn. I grew up in Long Island. Um, and our school district started us on music really, really young. We were doing choir from kindergarten throughout like basically every single year. But um, fourth grade, we were introduced to instruments. So that's when I picked up the saxophone I started on the alto sax, and then as I got older, I moved to the berry sax, um, and that was really fun because whoever was the berry sax in that school district was like a little bit of a little bit of a celebrity because they like <laughs> they drove the bass. My school was also bass crazy. Um, <laughs> there has to be a word for that. I they really know. should make bass fanatic. a word for people who have an affinity just, for like, bass. Driving bass lines, because that's probably where you got it from. Like Arctic Monkeys, those all those inspirations probably came from that school. Um, in terms of you know the people that you hang around with, are some of them like music affiliated? And if so. Do you get any inspirations? Do you learn anything from them? Or has it really been more of a solo journey? So with my music friends, they're all flaky. I only had one consistent music friend. We're not on as good terms right now. Um, so, But there's no like bad blood there. Um, but we used to jam a lot, and it was really fun. Like Those experiences, we would play a lot of Fleetwood Mac together, a lot of acoustic stuff. And, you know, having music friends is just such a rewarding experience because it's like when you're actually playing together, which is really rare, you know, it's, it's really weird how like, you know, we both have an affinity for things and it just takes us forever to get focused on it. <laughs> um, I have other music friends who live in Staten Island. Um, my friend Tate Torello, he is in... Pluto and the forms. I think they have some stuff out on SoundCloud right now, and I'm working on a tune with him right now. That's um, an awesome name. We just bounce ideas off. I Pluto and the forms. That. Yeah. Oh, what an awesome name. My best friend Chloe Wheeler actually she releases stuff on SoundCloud too under the name Violaine. Chloe, we, even or if Violaine, she went by Chloe Wheeler, I, I mean, are all of your friends have really great music? Names? What the hell? Oh my gosh. Yeah, out in my hometown, there's a lot of people who are just out on Spotify doing their thing, collaborating with each other. It's like a small community. And it's really cool. I really like it. I haven't collaborated with them. I almost wrote a song with Chloe, but um, it's just really hard to get focused on things with her. 
because we're just always goofing off and talking about other things that it's just like, oh my God. We're like the DVD sign bouncing back and forth on a screen. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of like jamming with, you know, all of like your music friends, like, do they have similar music taste to you do? Like, or like at least, you know, produce similar um, songs? I think we all come from really different genres. <laughs> like, um, Tate. Um, he really takes, he's really inspired by like AJJ and like folk music and, but he also gets experimental with it too. Um, I could definitely hear a lot of like Beatles influences. I can hear a lot of, um, the violent femmes, a lot of violent femmes influence. Um, yeah, Pluto in the Forms is made up of him and his cousin Mikey and they're both very talented people. Um, and would you say, like, because it's it, like you were describing, it's like a whole community. Is it because of the, you know, where you live, the, you know, the people that you grew up around, uh, parents? Is it because of that? Like, what exactly, like, made this distinct community of all of these, like, teen artists that just seem to, like, know each other? And I would say, like, where you're from, is it considered, like, pretty small, like, on the scale of, like, one to Brooklyn? Where is it? Where does it lay at? Huntington is a town where everybody knows everybody. Well, Tate and Pluto on the forums, they're from like Staten and South Carolina. Mikey's from South Carolina. But um, the people from Long Island, yeah, Huntington's pretty small. Everybody knows everybody. If you tell one person a secret, like your teacher will t- ask you about it the next day, even though like <laughs> it's, it, you really have to care about your reputation in a place like that, um, which is kind of annoying because... When I first moved to Brooklyn, the one thing I really enjoyed was the anonymity of everything. Like, if I told everybody in my class that, like, oh, yeah, I've been here the whole time, they would have believed me, you know? Uh, I It was just I didn't really have to have that new kid experience, whereas the new kids in Huntington would be like, whoa, who is that, you know? <laughs> it would be this whole phenomenon. Um, and, you know, there were times where it would be annoying because... You know, you have to keep up your image just to, like, maintain peace. And then there's also a lot of fakeness. Um, With the artists in Huntington, it's just... Artists are... They're usually ecstatic. They're usually, like, kind of weird. So it's really easy for weird people to find other weird people. (laughs) And I use weird in the best way. Um, Yeah. I feel like this community was really spurred by... Like, the fact that music was introduced at a really, really young age to us. Um, People who weren't, like, naturally talented, they definitely were able to get technically talented, which was really, really cool. Um, So you have all these people who all know how to read music. And, you know, that's kind of, like, really weird for people who are usually self-taught. Usually self-taught people can't read music. They don't know a lick of music theory. That's more just by here. But they have some of these contexts... Yeah, they have some of these contacts, so it's, like, really easy to work with each other on, like, email tracks because we know, like, the structure of things, how things are really supposed to go. And once you know the structure of things, you learn how to break the rules in a way that's pleasant. Um, So I think it's really cool. The fact that we grew up in the same community, we have the same inside jokes. Um, Some of us have been known each other since kindergarten, and it makes for some pretty cool music when you can actually focus on making the music. 
Um, do you think that music has played the biggest role in that? And even though you moved to, um, from Long Island to Brooklyn, obviously that's still stuck with you. Have you been able to create a new community in Brooklyn? Has it been harder? Has it been easier? Um, how has music continued throughout your life? Well, from the transition of Huntington to Brooklyn, I've kind of made music more of my identity. And I don't think I did that on purpose. Um, the music branch in our high school isn't nearly as funded as the music branch that was in my old high school. Um, so I really put a lot of my effort in like helping building that branch and like contributing to clubs after school and um, contributing to performances that would always happen. Like, you know, you always saw me performing at some event. Um, and I feel like, you know, with kids that I didn't really know, like they associated me with that. And so naturally the music kids would find me because <laughs> I would always be in cahoots with the, the music teachers. Um, cause it's really hard to find people who listen to the same things. Usually if somebody listens to the same stuff as you, at least one artist, they're usually a good person. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's been really hard establishing, like, a friend group of musicians because, again, artists are complex people. They live in their heads, and it's hard to get us all, like, down for the same plan. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're all airheads in a way, and it's, it's really fun. It is really fun. I just have one question. You know, obviously Brooklyn, much bigger, 4,000 strong school. And you said you were struggling with creating a friend group of musicians. And I know that I've, you know, had similar struggles. Um, it really, like, just side note, we go to the same school for people, but um, the audience out there. But I just wanted to say, like, I've always noticed that your grade has been really musical in comparison to my grade. I feel like it varies from grade to grade. So I definitely know like the struggle of trying to find like some sort of friend group with music. And based off of that, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to ask is because you've had that struggle, you know, has that helped you become more of an independent artist? Like rely more on yourself to really develop your own skills? Yeah, it, it is exactly that. Like, um, the the only music people that I associated with during the school year was um, my old friend Catherine and my old friend uh, Aiden. And Aiden's a drummer. Catherine is a really brilliant guitarist. She also sings a little bit, but I don't think she'll let you know about that. <laughs> um, and I don't really talk to them much anymore. Things just happen. Life moves, especially with online school. It's been really difficult maintaining those relationships. So naturally, independence happens. Um, you find a world outside of people. And honestly, it's really, like, it sounds lonely, but it isn't. It's not lonely at all. Oh, there's my cat. Um, you know, once you find love outside of people and you know, things that are naturally transactional. Um, it's hard to ever feel lonely. Um, love is in, like, everything that gives. Like, plants, animals. It's the sunlight, you know? As long as you find peace in something, 
everything just gets a shit ton easier. And I know it probably makes no sense, and I can barely understand what I'm saying, but it's been really nice not having to rely on others to satisfy me. Yeah, and I think that's been one good thing about quarantine is that I remember a lot of people were complaining, like, oh, like, I, I miss my friends, I miss, like, socializing, all that stuff. And beginning of March, I kind of liked the solitude. I liked, you know, kind of living inside my head just for a little bit, taking a pause. Like, the whole world took a grand pause and was just like, let's take a few steps back and reevaluate ourselves for, like, a quick sec. And I think that gave everyone a sense of independence, and it sounds like it definitely worked for you, um, both musically and also personally as well. I have a question for you, actually. go, go for it. Have you ever, like, found a time in quarantine where, like, you didn't listen to music yeah. as much. I had this awful, and not only that, I didn't play anything. Um, I was kind of in this like little rut. I would ask people like, "Hey, like, what are you listening to, like, currently?" And like, trying to get inspiration and like everything that they recommended me, it just sounded one and the same. Like, and it wasn't because the music was bad. You know, that's obviously subjective. I just like, I was like, I can't get into it. I just can't do it. There's something about it that's just like. Um, I don't have the patience for it. I don't, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just that my state of mind for those few months. But yeah, the creativeness and the motivation to listen to music was kind of gone temporarily. And it wasn't until my guitar teacher showed me this one song by Kimbra. And it was, oh goodness, what was the name of the song? Something in the Way You Are. Oh, gorgeous. Literally, and once he showed that to me, once the chorus came in, I was like, I, I got it. I'm back. This is like, you know, where I was before. It was kind of that moment. Exactly. I felt yeah. really like, you know, kind of floating in space before I listened to that song. And it's not like my one of my favorite songs ever. Amazing song. But, you know, it was just that one song that like kind of brought me back to like a musical reality. And because of that, I was able to, you know, get back on track where I was before. But I think, you know, everyone has a musical rut. And for someone to say that, like, oh, yeah, I listen and I play music 24-7, 365, and I've never had an interruption in my lifetime, I don't really believe it. Because things happen in your life, and sometimes music isn't always the answer, and sometimes it actually hurts more than helps. So, you know, kind of like taking that break, it obviously was involuntary, kind of helped me realize how important it is. It just like brought me into this, like back into the spiritual awakening. But uh, yeah, so, well, it was great talking with you. I loved this first conversation on Miked Up Fools, and I'm so honored that you're my first guest. Um, I'm so happy to be the first. I love doing first. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy. Yes, everyone go listen to Sahar on SoundCloud. Affirmations, not apparitions, please remember that. Do not, (laughs) I will be waiting. Please text me when you come out with your new song because I will be the first one to listen. Um, And with that, I will leave the audience with I will see you the next time we have our new guest. Bye.